friends, thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled, because I'm also a lifestyle photographer, and now, your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years, and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful, and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. everybody. Welcome to the Local Table Podcast. This is our very first episode and I'm so excited that it's finally here. On today's episode, I'm chatting with my good friend Gabby. She owns a wedding and event planning business called Cause We Can Events right here in Los Angeles. Gabby and I met a couple of years ago when we were just getting started with our businesses and it's safe to say she's become a really good friend and pretty much my work wife. We talk about all the highs and the lows and sometimes just get together to have a good glass of wine. Gabby and I have a very open and candid conversation today about going for your dreams, taking the next steps into your business, or just talking about conversations about how you can get started. Oftentimes, I know that taking a step outside of your comfort zone is what will propel you forward to take a leap into the unknown. I hope you enjoy this conversation about going after your dreams, leaping into that unknown territory, and hopefully you walk away feeling inspired and ready to take that next step, whatever it may be for you. So without further ado, grab a drink, relax, and listen in. Thanks for being here, friends, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first recording of the first episode of The Local Table. Um, I am here with my friend Gabby from Cause We Can Events. Hello. Hey, Gabby. Thanks for coming. So happy to be here. I feel so professional right now. Just, you know, feel like we're on the radio or something. We have real microphones. (laughs) People can hear us right now. That might be dangerous, but... (laughs) Um, yeah, so we're kind of just going to dive right into this week's episode and Gabby was so gracious in being my first guest, but I also promised her that she could be my hundredth episode guest. (laughs) I, Um, yes, I, that was a requirement of mine because you know, we'll see how many people listen to the first exactly. episode. Exactly. I hope millions. But you never know. <laughs> that's a that's a good goal, but <laughs> probably not. Anyway, for those of you that are listening, thank you. This is Gabby. Um, so this week we're gonna just kind of talk about. Um, we'll hear a little bit of Gabby's story and then kind of dive into, um, just going after your dreams and sort of leaping into the unknown because. A lot of times with entrepreneurship, it's sort of leaping into that unknown and really not knowing where it's going on a day-to-day basis. Um, So yeah, we're going to kind of dive into that and like how Gabby's achieved that with her business and probably get off on some side tangents. Like we do so Hoping to be sponsored by LaCroix. That's right. We're both (laughs) drinking LaCroix. So um, flavored. It's perfect. Yes. It's delicious. (laughs) So anyway, Gabby, will you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah. No, thanks for having me, Carrie. Um, 
I, in a nutshell, I kind of started in the nonprofit world. I think after college, I was super interested by events, but it really took me the nonprofit route. Um, and while I learned a ton, I still felt the nonprofit was very corporate. And at some point I was like, oh, I just as entrepreneurs, as we do, I think (laughs) we all think we maybe have a better way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of why we start our own business. Um, so I did that. I was like, I'll do start it on the side, you know, a little side gig. I'll do some weddings here and there. Um, and I learn every single event that I do because they're so different. And, and I came from a corporate background, so didn't really know the whole wedding touchy feely thing until I started getting (laughs) into it. So did that. And then eventually really rebranded to where we are now, um, specializing in outdoor adventurous weddings. So we, we happened to do this one incredible wedding in, in the middle of the Utah desert Mm -hmm. and it turned, I, after that experience while I was completely exhausted and cried, (laughs) but happy tears as we all do, as we all do. Um, I realized I was like, Oh my gosh, this is epic. Like I don't want to spend another event in a ballroom. I want it to be outside and I want to be challenged every time in a Mm -hmm. good way. Like I, you know, totally. So we, uh, we did a full rebrand and we just specialize in those types of events. And while we do sometimes take the occasional, you know, local, um, event at a local wedding at a cool, you know, indoor venue that we love here in LA or something like that, we do specialize kind of in the destination adventurous style weddings. And I love that. Yeah. It's been so fun. I mean, you've helped me on a couple of them. So, you know, sometimes I'm jealous, but then I also see you and you're like, (laughs) you and Jess haven't showered in four days and you're like, it's fine. It's, you know, put on a amazing event, which is really, really cool to see. Thank you. Yeah. So nonprofit world and that's kind of where cause we can events came from right because yes. I know you've talked about like rebranding that a little bit but also like people know you yeah and that's the thing you're too far into it right like you I, we had some press stuff you know got published on some things and people just start to know the name at some point um but the name started because I was doing events for causes so it yeah. became cause we can events yeah. <laughs> and at this point and like I cringe sometime at the name but then other times I'm just like eh, it it's us like yeah, that's exactly yeah. yeah and and it's really come up many times where clients are like because you can do it like you guys can (laughs) do it achieve yeah and we're like you know you're right there's a lot there's there's very little that we cannot do when it comes to events so I was like "Eh, it'll stay it'll stay for now that's perfect so when did you feel like were you still working part-time at other like nonprofits, corporate jobs like when did you find yourself being like I feel comfortable or maybe you didn't feel comfortable enough to be like, I'm going to take this business full time. Cause I know when I started, I was still working part time with some like startup companies and kind of had like a mutual parting of ways, which pushed me full time into my business. And looking back, I never would have done it on my own. I would have been like, I have to get another job, like freaking out about money. But I'm so glad that it shoved me into that because I was able to spend like all my time on my business, which helped grow it. And I was able to be, you know, I've been full-time since 2016, which is really great. But it's like, I never would have done that if I didn't have like a little bit of a push. So what was it for you that took you full-time into your business? I mean, I feel like I quit or I... I, I feel like I launched my business like two or three times over the last eight years thinking, okay, here we go. I'm doing it. And then I yeah. get scared. Right. <laughs> and then I go back. I went back to corporate so many times. I feel, 
I, I mean, at least two times I know for sure I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going full time with my business. I'll give it a try. And then some, an opportunity comes up and I'm like, oh, a nice salary job. Mm-hmm. And it's in the event world, yeah. but it's in the nonprofit. So, and I took them every time until also in, uh, for me, it was 2016 as well that I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going falling back into these same patterns, even if it's a new organization or it's a new job at the end of the day, I'm still mostly behind a computer yeah. behind a desk in a cubicle or a, an office space that I'm not, I'm just not thriving. Mm-hmm. So Finally, in 2016, I same with you is almost like that turning point where I was like, I'm not loving it. I'm also not putting my I'm not doing my best in this corporate job. Therefore, I'm not getting a raise. I'm not you know, you're at that point. I was like, I I've got to give it a year. Yeah. And so give yourself one year. I jumped in. I quit my job. We left on good terms, quit my job. I gave myself a year and I said, I have to at least try to make up my salary or yeah, not close to it for sure. And that very first year I made $5,000 more than my salary. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's then so I was like, cool. okay, yeah, do like, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's kind of the important thing too. Cause I look back and I'm like, there are some months where I'm like, how, how did I survive? <laughs> I have no idea, but And not to say like, it's one of those things where you can sit back and be like, Oh, the clients will come if you just believe. And that's not like, I know like we both worked our butts off, you know, getting our business off the ground and like getting clients and taking on some clients who maybe weren't our ideal clients. Mm -hmm. Or now I even think back to like some of my first weddings and I'm like, oh yeah, they didn't pay me anything, but I took it for the experience and the portfolio. And some of them like... A lot of great photos came from it. So it's a confidence booster. It helps. Yeah. Because then you go into and you're like, I did that. Mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't matter what you got paid, but I did it and I got through and I survived and I can call myself an event planner now or a yeah. wedding planner. Totally. So you need that. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. So full time since 2016, what would you say has kind of been your, like your biggest lesson that you've learned in business being, I guess, kind of from the start. And I know that changes every year for us. We're always like, we were saying earlier, every event we learned something new. Um, it's like, oh, I have to have this to the contract. Yeah. Contracts get <laughs> you longer know? and longer. Or you're like, man, I did way more work on that wedding than what I got paid for. Um, and so I know there's kind of learning lessons like on a daily basis, weekly basis. Um, but what would you say for you is kind of really stood out as like a big learning lesson for you? Well, it's so funny that, that you said that because I when I when we talked about this question, I was going to say don't ever think you know everything Yeah, because it's true. And that's exactly what happens is you go into these events and you're as prepared as you can be in that time, mm-hmm. in that moment. But then something happens and you're like, huh, didn't think I would have had to deal with that today, but <laughs> yeah. here we are. Yeah. So it's, you're constantly problem solving, um, which I do enjoy in a way because it's put my mental capacity to a test. And I, yeah. at the end of it, like Jessica, my business partner and I will look back and say, wow, we did that and we problem solved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but just keeping that in mind that you're never, never done learning. Um, and yeah, it's just, I it, it's a very humbling experience in a way because yeah, you don't just, you just don't know everything ever. Yeah, yeah. What and about it, you? I, well, I think for me, it's funny because I feel like recently I've had people ask me like, would you change anything? And I don't know that I would necessarily change anything, but I think a lot of it 
was for me, some of the things now is kind of like, I would have maybe outsourced sooner or, but it's scary to do that. Right. Yeah. Because we're both in it right yeah, now. We've it's like, I don't want to pay someone. Yeah. And you're like, I don't have the money. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I pay this person to like blog for me or do my bookkeeping because for me, I hate bookkeeping stuff. And I know like, it's so important to know the numbers, but it was stressing me out so Mm -hmm. much. And I was like, I'm just going to pay someone to take care of my books and I'm still involved in it, but like, I don't have to do it. I don't have to run the numbers. They can guide me. And like, I don't mind paying them on a monthly basis. Yeah. And you have to think too, I just had this conversation the other day. You're, dollar value per hour mm-hmm. is best spent in your high level task like getting clients maybe marketing or you know yeah. you talking about your business mm-hmm. and bringing in leads because once you bring in the leads then those funds that came in can now go to the outsource people the the accounting the yeah. blogging but if you're spending your time accounting you don't have time to go out and find leads so but yes, it's scary because yeah. you're spending this huge chunk of monthly, like a reoccurring fee. It's not totally. like a one-time fee. Right. Um, but same, I felt, it feels good to it outsource, yeah. right? Because you're <laughs> Once in you it, like get in it, you're yeah. like, oh, this feels so nice. Like talk to my accountants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Email them. Because <laughs> like I think about it last year, I... I thought I had been doing my books correctly with QuickBooks. QuickBooks is confusing sometimes. And we got to the end of the year and she was like, oh, like this is a mess. And I was like, oh my God. And I paid like a pretty penny to have them clean it up. And I stressed about it for two weeks almost of like, should I do it myself? Can I do it? And I was like, this is so dumb. Like I can pay someone a large chunk of money to clean this up. And like looking back, I don't regret it at all. I'm so glad that I outsourced it because I know it was done correctly. And like, I probably would have taken me two weeks, maybe three to clean it up because I didn't really know what I was doing. So I would have had to like teach myself. And those are like the humbling moments of like, as someone who runs a business, we do everything and like we can't be good at everything. And so like, that's the hard thing for me to like really realize. And I think that's been a big learning lesson for me in outsourcing is like, I'm not good at Mm -hmm. certain things, actually a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I know what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I need to outsource those things. So like bookkeeping and like having someone blog for me and Mm -hmm. like manage like Pinterest and like these tedious tasks that were falling to the bottom of my to-do list. Yeah. Cause I didn't enjoy him. And I'm like, if you don't enjoy something, like, you know, it's not a strength of yours, right. you know, like you're kind of forcing yourself. So I feel like that's been a big thing for me of really knowing what I enjoy yeah. and I'm good at and then outsourcing the yeah. things that I'm not good at. And I think out in the, you know, world of people looking in at what an entrepreneur is they think you have to be a one woman one man show or it's like that expectation but I think running a business these days is so different than it was 20 years ago I mean we're dealing with our marketing being it's not a print sign that you put on the freeway right. as much as it is <laughs> like daily engagement on Instagram where we have to tell personal stories. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's exhausting it and exhausting, responding yeah. to comments until midnight because the <laughs> algorithm is going to do your husband this. is like, are you yes. <laughs> done with Instagram? <laughs> yes. I get yelled at constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think taking that off our plate and I was just reading something this morning about how, 
the work-life balance for entrepreneurs is so bad still. And we're talking about it more openly, but people feel like they always have to work. And like, why is that okay? Stores close, restaurants Mm -hmm. close, other Mm -hmm. service industries close. Why can't we turn off? Yeah. So, and I think that's a good, like for me, I, I have such a hard time of that. And I, I was listening to some podcasts recently about like, I don't think like work-life balance exists. And I, I think that's true because I don't think our lives are ever Mm going to be in complete balance and there's always seasons, right? I know we've talked about like, we're always busy and like, if we don't make time for things, it'll never happen. And so I think it's making those things a priority, like... The other day I was saying, like, I try to not work on Sundays unless I absolutely have to. But, like, that for me is my thing. And it might not work for everybody. And some people might be like, what? You won't work on a Sunday? And, like, that's just, like, how I want to run my business and how I feel most refreshed. And, like, even the other day I took Monday off and I felt so guilty about it. (laughs) How dare you take a Monday You know, because I think you feel, for me anyway, I always feel like this pressure of like everyone else is at work. And like, I think maybe also in LA, there's sort of like this hustle, hustle, hustle mode. Yeah. Can you imagine if we lived in New York? Oh my gosh. I would. My brain would explode already. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think it's like finding that balance for you. Right. And I think that's where this could be a whole nother conversation, but like that comparison game on social media of like. Where I'm like, well, Gabby's working today and she's right. like doing all this stuff. And like, I'm, you know, this narrative in our head of like, I'm lazy. I'm not doing enough. But like, that's not true because you might have rested all day yeah, Sunday. I sure did. <laughs> on your boat. And so, you know, it's kind of like we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And I think that comparison game can be really tough. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah don't compare yourself to others. And, and I was going to add, I know we this we were just saying, we're like, we're going to go on natural tangents because that's just how we talk. Um, I was going to say if, like, I think we love our business. Like mm-hmm. we live and breathe our business too. And we've made it so it's very much part of our life. Like I don't feel, I work more probably than the quote unquote work-life balance right. suggests right. we do. But I also love it. And the so ethereal gods the ethereal of, gods of work-life, <laughs> work-life balance. Yes. But like, you know, we went on vacation, well, quote unquote vacation for two weeks, but I enjoyed working. And yeah. I, I took days where we just, we were in Europe and we just explored. And then there were times where I was like, hey, let's do like a half day in. I want to catch up on emails so that I don't get back from two weeks and have yeah. 165 emails. Mm-hmm. That gives me anxiety. And I'd rather pick at it a little bit every day. Same, yeah. Then come back and feel like I can't, I can't leave my computer for eight straight days because, right. you know, I'm going to drown. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of it of like – working a couple hours in the morning and then be like, you know, you still feel so caught up because most of our lives are spent running our business in email. And so it's nice to do it a couple hours and like, you don't, you still feel like you can enjoy like your travels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's great. Um, I was thinking going back to the outsourcing thing. I remember, 
I feel like even like a year ago, I would always hear people on other podcasts and like other entrepreneurs, like business people who are a little, you know, like more, like not more successful, I guess. How people dare that, you compare yourself to others? Yeah. Me. We just, no, uh, no, but like people that are kind of like have achieved, sure. you know, they've been in the business for a while. Sure. They're kind of at a different status. Um, and I just remember them always talking about just like do outsource, outsource, outsource. And I was, I've always like had this narrative in my head of like, I can't afford it. And like, you always are like, yeah, that's great for you to say because you can afford to pay somebody. And I feel like until I actually just took the leap and did it, I was like, oh, I can definitely afford this. And I think it is that factor of like realizing the freedom it gives me to work on other things and like, other aspects of the business pick up because I'm not wasting time in these other tasks that don't matter. And so I, I just feel like I didn't want to be like outsource and like people are like, I don't have the money. Like I wish people would stop saying that, but it's like, start small. Like what's something really small that you can pay someone. And it was like, I think the first thing even for me when I was paying someone to blog, it was like a couple hundred dollars, you know, like a month. And it was really nothing. Some months it was like a hundred bucks because we weren't blogging a ton. And I mean, it wasn't a ton of hours for her. And I was like, a hundred dollars is nothing when you're kind of like, I can eat out three less times this month and like spend money, like putting back it into my business to help me grow it. So right off too. And that's the thing. I mean, it really, it, yeah, people, I, I've been listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V for mm-hmm. a little while. I, it comes in, in doses with him because yeah. <laughs> he's like so intense. But when I need that kick in the butt, I listen to him. But he um, like was saying, and I lost my train of thought. Oh my gosh. Outsourcing. Orcs. Yes, yes, yes. What was it? Kick in the butt. Kick in the butt. <laughs> what was he just preaching about? Oh, I hate when I do this. I had so many thoughts. <laughs> well, it'll come back to me. But anyway, shout out to Gary V's podcast <laughs> while we're here. Not sponsored, but. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Now it's going to bug me. But anyway, whatever. But yeah, the, your, to your point, yes, it's super scary to spend that money mm-hmm. first. Oh, here's the thing. See, I came back to me. Here we go. He was saying that people make so they'll make money and they think immediately they now they're like I made a hundred thousand I'm gonna spend it like I'm gonna buy a new mm. car I'm gonna rent a bigger apartment yeah but your first few years reinvest it back in your business because now you have the power to turn that hundred thousand or twenty thousand or whatever it is into a double or triple or more because for example even starting this podcast you're getting more exposure right and if it's something that's consistent I mean you're putting content out there who knows where it'll take you Mm -hmm. but same I hired a VA because I was like I'm wasting so much time on email back and forth with vendors. And I love you guys. Shout out to all my vendors. But but it's a lot of like... Sometimes we have to micromanage yes. a lot of details. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, if that could get off my plate, right? then think of all the stuff that I actually could get done mm-hmm. and it reinvested back in my business. So yeah. anyway, it's, it's a write-off. It's awesome. And like you said, you do not have to start by paying someone $100 an hour to do something. Yeah, totally. There's like Upwork, TaskRabbit, mm-hmm. things like that out there that um, can even get you started with small yeah, part-time things yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. So I love, um, yeah, so Gabby and I were talking the other day about 
sort of on the topic of outsourcing, I know you said you just hired a VA and, um, for all of you that don't know what a VA is, it's a virtual assistant. So basically they'll work remote, work from anywhere. And where is your person based out of? Do you know? Um, she is in, it's an M state. I'm terrible. Minnesota, Michigan, maybe Minnesota, Missouri. I feel there's a song I used to sing. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And I don't know that song because I'm Canadian. (laughs) So I don't know the song, but I know it's like, Alabama, da, 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 or Alaska, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're not gonna get into but that. It's an M state, but it's like it, it is something Minnesota, Minnesota, or something like that. She's okay. on Central Time, so we're two oh, okay. hours difference. But yeah, by the time I wake up, she's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, um, I know we were kind of talking about how you were having a conversation with your business partner Jessica, and saying like, I'm the CEO of my company, and kind of really figuring out what that means for you and how you should best spend your time because most CEOs are looking at the high level, the long-term picture. And I think we get lost on that when we're like solo entrepreneurs and doing everything. Um, But when we start to outsource, it's like, oh, how do I get my business to be sustainable 5, 10, 15 years from now? Or like, how do I pivot and turn because, you know, the market's going to change weddings will change, whatever it is. Or like, we don't want to plan weddings forever (laughs) into our fifties, you know? And so it's like figuring out how to adjust, how to bring people on to take on those weddings. Um, I know you talked about like, you've started like a YouTube channel. Um, and so it's finding those different avenues in your business, but as a CEO, what are you finding for yourself is like what you need to focus on. Mm to grow your business. Yeah, that's so good. I know we just talked about this. And since that conversation, I started to write out my org chart, like Mm -hmm. something I learned in college and business school, but your organization's chart of who reports to who and what, who, what roles do, do each of those people have? So, um, yeah, I think, I, yeah, our role as a CEO, my role as a CEO is to have that clear, like big vision and maybe it's five-year vision, 10-year vision. It could also be what I'm, I want to have happen next year. And so from there, I've realized exactly what, to your point, I I don't want to physically be doing these logistically challenging weddings till I'm 50. Right. And I joke that I want to retire by 35. I'm 31. (laughs) I mean, if you make it happen, please let me know. I'm coming along for the ride somehow. I'll I'll share my (laughs) secrets for sure. And don't get me wrong. I love what I do, but that's the thing. It's like at some point I want to switch things up and I want to like, we're, we're idea people, right? So we're constantly on the next idea. Um, so one of the things was different avenues of income. So perhaps the YouTube will turn into mentorship. So my YouTube channel is more for wedding pros as Mm -hmm. opposed to wedding clients. Um, it's, it's not about wedding planning necessarily, but it could tailor to any a business owner in the wedding industry. And I'm like, well, maybe that turns into a mentorship program of sorts, you know, and that's a little bit of income that I can do remotely. Or, um, I'm, we're training some associate planners and I want them to know and like live and breathe my brand. Like both Jessica and I have, you know, have been able to do and for them to be able to take on their own clients under my umbrella. And of Mm -hmm. course I take a percentage of that or a flat fee. So that's, what we're looking at moving forward. And I think it's hard as women to women business owners to not want to jump in and help 
all our teammates out, you know, and say, right. Oh, I can, I can do that email stuff. Oh, let me, I'll reply. Don't worry about it. And for me, it's not so much a control thing. Like I, I really trust what their answer is going to be and right. what, I don't want to micromanage them. And, um, I, you know, I trust their judgment, but it's like, Oh, are you too busy? I'll, I can take it. You know, yeah. I can take it. No, you're like, like I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> like, yeah. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we feel well, I guess for me, I feel like that vision planning doesn't feel like work as mm-hmm. much as answering all these vendor emails right. do, right? Yeah. And sometimes I feel guilty about being like, I'm busy. Today's my CEO day and I'm vision planning. Mm-hmm. And you all have to answer your clients' emails. Right. So that's hard, but that's my own internal battle. It's same. Ju- I, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think I have the same. Even yesterday, I was just working on like processes and like systems and I don't it's a weird thing and I don't know why, but I'm like, I don't feel like I'm being productive because I'm not correlating it specifically with like one client who's paying me. So it's almost like, but I'm like, no, these things are important. Yes. So my clients have a good experience and I get more clients because of the systems and processes that I have in place and also helping my sanity of like, we were talking about just like tedious tasks that we do over and over again. And I'm like, I really need to get a system in place so that it's just like smooth sailing. And it's like, here's a document for you to fill out instead of me being like sending this email again to like 10 different clients. And, but it's the hours you put into putting those systems into place. And it's, it is a weird internal battle of like, no, I'm still working. And I think sometimes I really enjoy it too. So it's like, even on Sunday when I worked all day, I was like at meetings with clients, but like, I really enjoy that. And like going to a venue and walking through and like talking about the details. I enjoy it. So it doesn't feel like work, but I'm like, no, that was like a full day of work for me. Yeah. Just cause I I don't have to hate it for it to like feel like work, you know? Right. And I think that's what we think has to happen. Yeah. But yeah, same. And I think that's just a mind shift that, we have to remember and it's okay we're the CEOs so mm-hmm. it's okay for us to make decisions and while I do want my team's input on a lot of stuff it's also okay for me to make a decision about yeah, how I want this sure. to go moving forward or how I want our new procedure to be and to have everybody implement it um and if it doesn't work, hey, let's get some feedback on that from the team and be open about yeah. communication. But at the end of the day, we're the decision makers. Yeah. It's our company and we have to stay true. Like we know it best. We have to stay true to our own yeah. company. And I think sometimes, I don't know if maybe you felt this, like calling yourself a CEO. Right. Um, felt Yeah, like maybe not. Like you're like, oh, I'm not a CEO or, you know, kind of that internal conversation because... I think when we think of like CEO, we think of like large fortune 500 companies, but it's like, if you're making like an annual salary (laughs) off of your company and surviving and like paying other people to work for you, like you can call yourself a CEO. I feel like if you're making any sort of money, like you're the CEO of your, your business. And I think we have to like get over being shy about calling ourselves a CEO because we are. Agreed. Yeah. Carrie and Gabby, CEOs. <laughs> CEOs. I'm going to start signing all my emails. Yes. Way. Yes. <laughs> Signed uh, the CEO. Yeah. I love that. So do you feel like you have a clear vision on kind of what your role, what you want your role to be in your company? Or does it still, because like, again, this is sort of you leaping into another phase of your business. Yeah. That's a little scary unknown too. and scary. Yeah. 
Um, Ooh, I like how you connected. Back to <laughs> there the we go. Title. Back to the topic. Gosh. Um, but I guess what for you is sort of like getting you excited and pushing you into that realm. Cause obviously it's scary, but like what for you is kind of overriding that fear to be like, no, like this is what I need to do for my business to go forward. No, that's a great question. I haven't actually thought about it too much other than the fact that recently and Jessica, if she's listening to this, she's probably like, Oh my God, she keeps talking about this. Hey Jess. I, Hi Jess. <laughs> we miss you. Um, you better be listening. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the business of mm-hmm. running a business. Yeah. I love the business growth and I have a degree in marketing and I think I just loved business school. Like, the marketing behind it, seeing it start from nothing to like getting regular inquiries for a wedding business or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And because we're in such a quick, like a fast pace era now that, uh, you know, marketing changes so quickly and, and we get to try these new techniques, podcasting, YouTube channels and all that. But I really love the, the business behind a business. And I found that, I was like, okay, well, we've mastered the the wedding side of things. Like we have enough regular clients. We have some Mm -hmm. corporate repeat clients and we have enough inquiries to coming in that that I feel that wedding side of the business is running itself in a way. Um, So what's next is just growing it to be multifaceted in in a way with the YouTube channel and perhaps the mentorship. And maybe it's going to become a bigger brand. You know, I would love to sell merch one day or, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And seeing how the community out there reacts to the next phase of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I love, I love that behind the scenes a little bit of it. And it's constantly chasing this business growth. Yeah. And I don't ever think I'll be to a point where I sit back and I'm like, all right, done, did Mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. nothing else to do with this business. I think it's going to always, always be changing. And like you said, evolving, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't ever know what, what will weddings look like 10 years from now? Yeah. Who knows? Totally. Um, so I think that's what's next. And it's a little bit of unknown. Like you said, it's risky, but I, I do enjoy that risk. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not so much, I'm not putting everything into it where if some, it doesn't work out, I have nothing. Right. It's like calculated risk. Um, but yeah, risk nonetheless. I mean, you got four more years until you retire. That's right. So that's right. So I have four <laughs> years to happen. do this. I think about too, like, <clears throat> I feel like we're very much in an age of everyone sort of starting a business or some sort of startup. And I know there's a lot of like funny memes out there about like, you know, silly businesses and, <laughs> you know, very like natural and whatever. <laughs> and um, I think it's really great though, like putting like the jokes aside, I think it's cool seeing people in this entrepreneurial phase and people like really going after what they want and sort of not being stuck in like a job they don't like or using their talents because I think even for me, like thinking back, like I had a job I really loved here in the beginning. It was sort of the dream job. And then I realized, oh, I don't want to sit at a desk all day. And it felt a little soul sucking to me because I knew, I think like deep down, I was like, I have so many ideas and things that I want to do and like make money off of and be my own boss. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just feeling this pull to like really do what they love 
and make money from it. But I think along those lines, like everyone, like a business for everyone looks so different. Right. And I think, again, this comes back to that comparison game. But where I was five years ago, I dreamed of being where I am today. And like, that's exciting. And it's been great having that success. But now I'm like already thinking like where I want to be in the next 10 years and how like my vision and dream has kind of changed and pivoted a little bit. Cause you discover what you like, yeah. what you don't like. Um, new ideas come all the time. Always. Like this podcast, like I've been dreaming about this podcast for a year. And so I'm so excited to get it out there because I also want to like lean into some like mentorship stuff yeah. and, and help people really like start that business or that passion project or whatever it is, like start doing things you love and go after it. But I think kind of coming back to that, it's like going after your dream doesn't have to look like having this company of 20 employees. Like, no, like you were saying, it's not like you're going to get to a point where like, okay, I'm done. Nothing else to do. But maybe you're like, this is a really great spot that we're in. Like I have a couple associates, Yeah, you know, like I've kind of transitioned my role and like kind of staying at this, like this steady growth, you know, of like you love the number of employees you have. And I think sometimes people get caught up in like, well, like, I guess it's figuring out for yourself. Like, what do you want? You don't have to have a comp. You can be so successful with like two people working for your company totally. or an Etsy shop. You can have yeah. your own successful <clears throat> Etsy shop. Yeah. I mean, for me right now, I just hired on an associate who That's will right. be like co- independent contractor, but I'm like, my company is actually pretty successful and it's just me, you know? Yeah. And granted, besides like the outsourcing of things, like technically it's just me and it was just you for a long time. And so I think sometimes we get caught up in the like, oh, to be like really Mm -hmm. successful, I have to have 10 employees and be making Mm -hmm. like hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars a year. And like, that's just not true. You know, I almost think like it comes back down to like, what does success mean to you? For me too, I'm like, hey, I provide myself like a good salary every year and like, if you stop and like take a step back, like that's pretty badass to yeah. be like, oh, I've replaced and more the salary that yes. I made at a corporate job. Exactly. You know, and like that success is cool. So I feel like we forget to celebrate yeah. our wins. Like mm-hmm. we, I talk about this with my husband all the time and I'm like, even a small sale or a small, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, like yeah, take yourself out to dinner or you don't have to spend money to celebrate, but really acknowledge that you got to this next level or you did that. Or like you said, look back and say, oh my gosh, I, I am where I said I wanted to be in five years and I did it faster or I'm, I met my goal. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And like, yeah, success is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the comparison, you know, don't compare yourself to others because they're, everybody's journey is different. And some people have started with funding. Some people have started with zero funding, Mm -hmm. um, with a team or no team. So it's so different. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And I think it's just cool thing. Cause I, I want this podcast to be a place for people to find inspiration, learn things, um, And walk away being like, I can do this. Or like, yeah, that was so good. Like feeling sort of walking away feeling empowered. Because yeah, at the end of the day, like if you're selling a service or a product or whatever it is and you're making money, like congratulations. Like good job. Like you're killing it, you know? And I think for me, like I think a big thing with business as well is like if you're putting in the hard work and like you show up daily, like 
I think good things will happen. You know, I think businesses sometimes fail. I know there's a lot of different factors, but I think sometimes businesses fail because people don't really have their heart in it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they don't constantly show up. Like working for yourself is more hours than working for somebody else. But if you enjoy that, like it's not like, again, goes back to the thing of like, it doesn't feel like work all the time, you know? Agreed. There's oh, and highs and lows. <laughs> one, yeah. And you'll, and I think we're all open enough to talk about our failures too. Like there's so many things just as an example, going back to the VA that I just hired, I ended up having to go through a professional virtual assistant company that specializes in, in wedding professionals because I had tried on my own to hire like two prior admin people. And part of it was my fault that I was making it sound almost more creative than the job actually is because Mm. in reality I want this person to just be an inbox machine and really good support you know uh, on the back end of stuff and I don't need another wedding planner I need that person in a support role and someone who loves being in a support role because you need those people out there we can't all be idea people and super creative so Anyway, I had hired two people prior to this and it didn't work out. So here we are and it's more expensive, but I feel guaranteed that this is the person I needed. Yeah. So it doesn't always work out. Well, and I think that also speaks to like the people you were prob- probably hiring before want to be in the creative aspect yes. of your business of like designing weddings and all this stuff because I think people see the pretty on the Instagram yes. and they're like, I want to do that. And But like finding this person, like this is her job. And she's like, I'm good at these like administrator, administrative, (laughs) yeah, admin admin roles, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, like these admin, admin tasks that, um, she knows she's good at and that you are just like, I can do it, but it's not where my time is best spent Right. right now. And so I think that's where it's like finding those people. We're like, yeah, I love to do that kind of stuff. Like yep. give me your Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> you know, whatever that is. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, and it's a trial and, er- trial and error in mm-hmm. your own business too. Yeah. Like you'll make mistakes financially with marketing. Some people put so much money in a Facebook ad and it's a flop, you yeah. know, or hiring is the hardest part. And I still don't hundred percent know. I mean, We've been in it since 2016 full time, but that's only three years full Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So I'm testing out who works well. Like Jessica, I'm keeping her. I know you try to steal her (laughs) all the time, but she's, you know, want to clone her. It's fine. I know she's a gem (laughs) and she can do it all really. But her Beth, her, like she is such a good planner and such a good creative and designer that I now want to take admin off of her plate. She's helped me with that in the past, but I need her to focus on lead generating on the East coast. So now, you know, one of the things is expanding back East and she's spearheading that. So it's finding, yeah, finding your strengths and weaknesses, weaknesses, and there'll be stuff that you don't want to do, but at the same time, again, back to outsourcing, yeah. try to outsource those yeah. items if you as can. As scary as it might be. It is. <laughs> so worth it. Yeah, for sure. So what would you say in kind of wrapping up here, but what is some advice that you would say you would give to people or maybe younger Gabby, <laughs> um, just about like, I know it sounds cheesy, but really going after something you want and like not apologizing for it and just like practical advice that was like, maybe it's like a mindset thing or it's something actually like tangible that you can do. 
Is there anything that like really stands out to you that you're like, I would tell my younger self this, or even just telling Mm. people now who are starting any kind of business, whether it's in the wedding industry, outside of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. And I, the first thing that comes to mind is I preach a lot about niche markets Mm. and finding something super unique. And while it may not be popular yet, you know, if you are selling a service that is really specific to a certain type of person or group of people, really try to promote that and, and let your freak flag fly, (laughs) you know, in a, in a, in a sense, because I really see the trends going towards very, very specific personalized services. And I think, you know, people are looking much how I found this VA company. I didn't want a general virtual assistant company while they had a lot of great reviews. I went for slightly more expensive, specific wedding virtual assistants because I'm like, that's so cool. Like I didn't even know that existed, honestly. Shout out to rock solid assistants. (laughs) Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're day two. We're day two. Um, But for real, I think go with your idea and don't, whether it's popular right now or not, if you make it a thing and you find people that share that common interest, it can become big. Yeah. And, but know that it doesn't, you need more than just an idea. And I mm-hmm. think that's where we've been successful is we've put in the work. We've worked when we still had a job yeah. and we didn't let failures or obstacles stop us, but we le- use it as a learning experience. Right. So, you know, not to take any of those things personally, but really take it as either a market analysis that something didn't work mm-hmm. out or take it as just a, grow from it. So yeah, I don't know, get, get weird and get specific with your stuff and don't just copy and don't be a jack of all trades. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think some people are really afraid to like stray from the norms and things are so like, especially in Los Angeles, like the wedding industry is extremely, extremely saturated. Like there's a lot of wedding planners um, I mean, we're both wedding planners yeah. and like essential, like we have a lot of the same client, but yet we're like still different enough that, um, we have like our own niche yeah. market. And I think there's a lot of things I love about that because like we're such champions of one another and can yeah. like help each other out and be, we're kind of like coworkers yeah. but <laughs> in separate companies. But I think like you said, we both kind of have found like our people and you learn that over time, you know, like the people that I was, had clients in the very beginning were, you know, very different than what I have now. Um, but I think like, it's so important to be like, no, I want to be different because those people will find you for sure. And like, that's the way to stand out. That's the way to get more business is to like have something that really stands out that separates you from someone else. Because like we're all different and we all have something unique to bring to the table. And like one person, even though like we have similar styles, a client might hire you because of something, whether it's like personality wise or whatever it is versus like they might hire me for another reason. And it's nothing bad or good. It's just something clicks with a client, you know, and yourself. And so it just is like finding that thing that like really 
makes you stand out. Yeah. And for us too, like I've noticed like the way I kind of found it was every event that I would work, people would be like, you're so calm and like just relaxed and like sort of freaked people out. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I never had a reason to yeah. be like, like I'm very organized and like things always flow really smoothly. And I kind of internally freak out because even like my assistants would be like, Are you okay? you're str-. No, they would, yeah. no, they wouldn't even know. They would oh. be like, you seem so calm and collect I'm like oh I am stressed out (laughs) and they're like it doesn't show at all and so I kept like having people like which was great like compliment me like whether it was vendors or just like guests at a wedding would come up and be like this is like the best wedding and I was like this is cool like I'm I started to see a, a theme and I was like oh that's my thing yep like I am a wedding planner that is like super detailed and organized, but I'm also like very calm. Yeah. And like we kind of set the tone for a wedding. Yeah. And I just think it's cool to kind of like ask, ask your clients, like get feedback from people that Good are point. working with you. Cause I think we get blinded by what is our thing? Like what makes me special? And it was cool that it just kind of happened. Like other people pointed it out yeah. for me, you yeah. know, and I was that's like, true. You might not know what it is yeah. until you're in the thick of it. Cause it doesn't, and then capitalize on it. You yeah. know, it's like, Oh, that's how I'm going to like start branding myself. Like 100%. I'm the calm in the storm, you know? And like, yes. I can be your best friend type of thing. Yes. People love that, you know? I love that. And like, that's not everyone's MO, you know? So it's like, go be who you want. Like for me, that just came out naturally. And so it's like, don't try to be a calm wedding planner if you're a very type A personality. (laughs) And some people might thrive on the busy bee. Right, right. You know, there are some clients that are like, want you to be running around. They they feel calm when you're Mm -hmm. running around. So, hey, that's on them. But yeah, that's awesome. You, it'll take time possibly to find what that is um and it might change so it might evolve like Mm -hmm. you said earlier um but I really think it's it's how things are are moving in my opinion how things are kind of evolving now yeah it's just these specific services tailored to a specific group of people yeah yeah so if you got the idea Go for it. Go. Jump right in. <laughs> Jump in. Well, thanks, Gabby. This was fun. That was so great. I feel, I hope people feel like encouraged and Gabby and I obviously don't know everything. No. We're learning a lot as we go, but I feel like it's valuable and important for people to share what they've learned so far and hopefully there's tidbits that people can grab onto or feel encouraged by inspired by, or maybe they learned something new. Maybe no one knew what a VA was and learned True. what that was today. I did have, I wrote a, something about a VA on Facebook the other day and someone replied, sorry, this might be a dumb question, but what's in Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I won't, I mean, I laughed, but good point. Good yeah, point. I did like, not explain what a VA The lingo was. sometimes doesn't translate to, yeah. to everybody. Yeah. So Gabby, how can people find you if they want a glamping wedding or a really cool event out in the desert? <laughs> yes. Um, you can find us probably most active on Instagram at cause we can events. Um, and of course, if you're a wedding pro, um, or wedding pro in the making and, uh, want some, advice via video i'm on youtube at yep. gabrielle pinkerton so maybe we can there's some good bloopers on there's there, whole, so. yes there's always <laughs> bloopers i can never do it straight seriously so yeah. 
Yeah. Thanks so much for having yeah, me, Carrie. This thanks was for really being fun. here. And I wanted to end. So the podcast is called The Local Table. Um, we're not drinking a cocktail because it's 1.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> which there's no shame. Um, but um, my kind of my premise of the show was really to like sit around a table with good friends, you know, people in the industry or people just in business and like have these open and honest conversations and just be in community with people. And so a lot of people that I'm going to interview, some will just be solo shows, some I'll interview other people um, and some might be local and some Mm -hmm. might live across the country. But I just wanted it to kind of be like tailoring it to, you know, kind of that inspiration again and educational things. But one of the questions that I want to end the show on, um, so we're filming this, recording this, uh, in Los Angeles, California, and you live in San Pedro. I do. Which is like South of here, like near Long Beach area. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask is what is like a really, so anyone that lives in this area, can know but what is like a cool local favorite place that you go to whether it's restaurant coffee shop shopping whatever it is okay well I this is fun because San Pedro is really just up and coming now it's just starting to get some cool places so there are there are only two places that I think are (laughs) cool like downtown LA cool yeah um and I just went for the first one just opened up three months ago that's really awesome it's called la buvette and it's a little french bistro french coming out (laughs) la buvette it's a little french bistro right on i want to say sixth or seventh street in downtown san pedro and it's this teeny tiny little place it's only open from 5 to 10 p.m but you walk in and you almost don't know it's it exists but you walk in and it's all like decorated as though you're in france and it's super homey and cute like really great wine um really great food very small menu but we just tried it out a few weeks ago that I I absolutely adore it and the other little place is called Pappy's Seafood it's a very that sounds so cute yeah (laughs) trendy little urban hidden gem of a place again you don't even know it's there um, so check both of those out if you are in San yeah. Pedro because it's just it's just starting to boom over there. Yeah, that's cool. And San Pedro is near Long Beach, like I said. But um, if you go over to Catalina Island, the like docks yeah, the, or the what do you call the them? Express, the Catalina the Express, Express. Yeah, is there. So you could like hit that up before if you're going over to Catalina. Heck yeah. 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 You can walk to it, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Gabby, for being here and being my first guest. Can't Um, wait to come back for the 100th. It's going to be great. We're going to be sponsored by LaCroix by then. (laughs) And there'll be wine. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in today, guys, and we'll see you next time. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired or maybe you gained a new perspective or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.